Okay, looks like we are live on YouTube now. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody listening wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to my Bitcoin weekly wrap up for September 5th, 2019. And this week's weekly roundup is sponsored by eToro, a trusted smart trading platform that is over 12 years old and conducts over $1 trillion in trading annually. They offer innovative tools and advanced charting features to help you be the best trader that you can be. U.S. customers, unlike, uh, you know, in years past where they were only offered to non-U.S. based customers, but now they are in the U.S. They can now trade on the most pop with the most popular crypto, crypto assets with transparent low fees. And if you're new to trading while you are learning, you can also practice your strategies with a virtual trading tool, letting you use virtual money to test and see how those strategies will actually react in a real trading environment. You can connect with over 11 million other traders where you can discuss things like, you know, trading, charting strategies, all that kind of stuff. So if you go actually to digiknowcrypto.com slash eToro um, and you use the link and you'll see the link if you're on YouTube, I'm pointing down, uh, you'll find the link right there uh, and you use that link, you'll be helping them one letting them know that you came through me. And two, you'll also get $50 for free, subject to some terms and conditions as far as where you have to do a, a, a minimum deposit there. And if you go over there, you can get that $50 through my link. So go to digiknowcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. That's digiknowcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. So let's look at what happened this week. So... The first article is about and uh, the NSA. So, so this was passed around, you know, CoinDesk, Zero Hedge even picked it up, um, Cointelegraph, all anything that was crypto related picked up this story, uh, and it was about Nat and the NSA has said that they're developing a quantum resistant crypto. Uh, now this, the one that I read, I believe it was on Cointelegraph. I'm not sure. Um, and then when I Googled it, I saw all the different, you know, usual people report or the usual suspects report on the crypto space. Uh, it was all based on one tweet by uh, Mr. William Turton, who is the cybersecurity reporter for Bloomberg covering a talk by the NSA's cybersecurity chief. And since we cannot view the video of the talk in the actual context, uh, I looked everywhere. So it's their 10th annual cybersecurity conference. And I couldn't find video because I, I wanted to... Uh, you know, actually view it to be 100% sure that my take on it was correct, although I'm pretty sure, given corroboration by some other people as well that I've seen just in the last, like, eight hours um, as of, so on the 5th of September. Uh, and my instinct was is that this was a total bogus story that was based on not people lying, but just a lack of context outside of this space. So cypherpunks, if you if you read anything written by people that were, you know, the the earlier cypherpunk movements or kind of the earlier cryptography movements, uh, they refer to the cryptography space as crypto, right? And they're actually quite resentful um, over us in the kind of the Bitcoin world using the term crypto to refer to cryptocurrency, which is why I've actually started to rebrand actually a little bit. I interviewed Phil Zimmerman, who was one of the early cypherpunks developed PGP, and he talked about that. And it was, it was just kind of, it was like a really interesting little thing that during my interview on my show, Did You Know Crypto? He's ripping the uh, the term crypto. And at first I was like, okay, you know, fair, whatever. And then as I thought more about it, I was, you know, actually that that is true. 
I I I don't like um I don't like the the hijacking of terms and things like that. So it's one of the reasons, not the only one, but I, I've actually started to do that, uh, remove that on my own. Um, is is partial kind of in deference, I guess, a bit to the cyberpunks who preceded us. And if I actually had to guess what she was talking about, the NSA is actually working on a quantum resistant cryptography, right? Because once quantum computers come, um, SHA-256 and a lot of encryption protocols will uh, become really not that useful and, and secure any longer. Uh, and from what I've read, I'm not an expert in this at all. But from what I've been able to read is you can actually start to develop quantum resistant encryption algorithms and things like that prior to the actual quantum computing existing. Uh, so I'm guessing that this is what she's referring to. And this is something that the NSA has been talking about for a very long time and probably been working on for a lot earlier than that. So, you know, th this is nothing, nothing new. And I just thought it was kind of funny that there's so many people that are supposedly writers in the, the space that don't have that broader context. But anyways, you know, a lot of people probably have you know, come in from you know, 2017 and, and, um, and and later and just don't have a lot of that context uh, uh but i i think that that's a failing uh, that many of us uh, have not been able to educate uh, a larger swath of the community uh, in these kind of fringe um edge effects and, and the context that kind of surrounds this space and we kind of get very insular uh the next story is on paxful's launch of a new york department of financial services approved wait for it uh, gold-backed ERC-20 token. Wah, wah, wah. It, uh, so the, it is, I mean, it's, it's a neat idea, right? To tokenize gold or, you know, this, this concept of tokenizing physical assets. And they claim that the token itself, it, I, I, I'll talk about it here in just a second. I mean, but it, but it is a neat to kind of try to figure out how can we actually do that, right? But they claim that it, it, uh, the token gives you the legal title to the actual commodity and not just like the paper value you trade like an ETF, right? So if you have a gold ETF, you don't own, I don't even know what a gold ETF, uh, they're probably, they're like, I think what per ETF is like a 10th of an ounce or something like that. So if you take your ETF, you can't go and take the ETF um, that you own and go and say, I want a 10th of an ounce of gold. That's just not how it works. Um, and to, I mean, to me, this is all unnecessary. You can already purchase gold and silver from retail shops. You can go to Jam Bullion. Um, you can go to Atmex. I don't know if Atmex actually offers it, but like Jam Bullion and a lot of other places that are that are retail, right? They will happily store your gold. They offer vault options and things like that. We basically buy it and you're given an IOU to that physical gold and you can either later sell it to them at a higher or lower price, price depending on what it's at, or you can have it shipped to you and take personal possession of it. Um, the token itself is just that. It's an IOU that you can redeem for gold at any of the participating locations that Paxful uh, is, is working with. And there are some interesting applications kind of in that you can use these tokens to obtain loans through loan providers like salt. I'm sure they'll probably expand through that. But at the end of the day, this doesn't really solve any, any problems. Uh, you're trying to tie a physical asset to a digital representation of that asset, right? So if I break into a vault, into that vault, and I steal the and, you know, admittedly, their IOU is not to a specific bar of gold or anything like that, right? But uh, let's just say 
they are only offering one token for one one ounce of gold, right? That's all they have right now. And I break into that vault and I steal that one ounce of gold. And you're the only guy who has that one token so far. Your token doesn't represent anything to me. It doesn't stop me because you have the keys to that ERC-20 gold token. Uh, you now have a useless token that has no longer anything tied to it because it's been stolen. I mean, yes, I understand insurance and all that kind of stuff, but I actually have the gold. What Bitcoin gives you, it, it's the keys to control the actual asset. The keys that you hold to your Bitcoin control that Bitcoin. The keys you hold to that ERC-20 token control just that token, not the underlying asset. So with Bitcoin, you control the UTXOs. And as long as you hold those and no one takes them uh, from you, you know, you hold the asset. Bitcoin is the asset. Pax Gold token is just the representation of a real asset. And this took a while for me to kind of really recognize because I was very excited. But, oh, you know, we can we can um, take you know, we can take uh, land titles and car titles. And then when I sell my car, all I got to do is I just send you this token and now you have the car. Right. And the problem is, is like, OK, I have the the, the token title to the car, uh, but you know, and I own it, but what if somebody, you know, steal, like it gets very weird. Like, how do you, how, how do you tie it? How do you actually, there's no way to securely tie the asset to the token in the way that Bitcoin itself is the asset and the keys hold that asset. So anyways, um, you know, that's just my, my hot take on the Paxil, Pax gold, uh, token. So next we have the vice president of uh, Apple Pay division to Apple announcing that they are, uh, quote, let me look at the quote here, watching cryptocurrency and, quote, we think it's interesting. We think it has interesting long-term potential, unquote. And this might actually amend something. You know, announcements like this in 2014, 2015 were a really big thing. Even 2017, just in terms of like bumping prices, but... Every fintech, every fintech company has been watching crypto for the past two years. Um, so this means really, you know, absolutely nothing. And considering that Apple is innovated by introducing the new technology of a credit card, very groundbreaking, uh, they may try to introduce their own permission centralized currency, similar to Libra. Who knows? Um, I did find it interesting, though, that the fact that Google, Amazon and Apple were all absent from the Libra Foundation. And that tells me one of the following that. Uh, that they are either working together or individually to create, create a competitor of their own, um, or they're researching the idea basically and letting Libra take the slings and arrows so that they can navigate those waters with, you know, clear eyes as to the the pitfalls that are going to await them as far as regulatory compliance and and uh, congressional issues. Um, and the last story that I want to touch on, I thought it was very interesting. It was a piece of testimony in Congress by David Murray. He's the vice president for, it was product development and services at Financial Integrity Network. Prior to that, he worked for about nine years at the Treasury Department. Uh, he advocated that, or he was putting forth the idea that miners should be regulated on some sort of new class of financial institutions known as virtual asset transaction validators. His uh, casus belli is not new, and, and it kind of retreads the old tropes of Bitcoin being the the haven of the worst dregs of society. Um, namely, his thing was human trafficking, and because 
crypto can be used to promote human trafficking. It needs to be regulated. Uh, now, we all near, know that this is pretty much near impossible to implement since you or I can join the network and mine uh, without permission and kind of that's the point. Um, but if what he's proposing actually went forward, there's pretty much ban Americans really from using Bitcoin or operating any Bitcoin related businesses or exchanges since they would not be able to be in compliance with these sort of things. Uh, it's basically almost putting almost um, a, a AML KYC and validating that every single person who transacts on the network can be guaranteed is not a bad guy. Uh, that miners will that this is kind of this uh, the, a lot of times what these regulators do is they pass the buck right so they are saying we need to make sure that bad people are not doing bad things well they make the banks the actual regulators right they say banks uh, we don't want you guys to allow people to launder money so if you don't make sure we're going to lock you up where in fact it's really kind of their job they're just kind of passing the buck but nobody wants to go to jail so they just kind of do it um what makes this interesting is that if world governments did enact this, let's say they somehow came together, um, it, it would be very detrimental uh, for Bitcoin in a very, you know, over the short term. Uh, it, it would kind of, to me, end the era of big mining firms where you kind of have these large conglomerates with warehouses and mining and everything like that. And in any of the countries that would sign on to this, right? And it would push these big mining firms probably into whatever countries were like, hey, you know, do whatever you wanted. And this is because if you try to operate a large mining establishment in in any, you know, from China, the United States to Europe or anything like that, it's it, it wouldn't take but a few moments to really spot these guys based on their size, the amount of power. And you just have to basically mon monitor like hydroelectric areas um, and wherever that kind of power is produced and any other cheap electrical sources for them, uh, uh, probably like a geothermal as well, and just start monitoring just those specific spots. It'd be very easy. Just monitor where the, where they would likely be able to uh, uh, operate. And once they pop up, you start playing whack-a-mole as they moved on to newer areas. Um, and this would, to me, have the effect of actually decentralizing mining into more individual mining Um individual miners whose energy usage wouldn't pique much interest or smaller ap operations going mobile and jump around to stay ahead of the law of law enforcement. Similarly, if you look at um, uh, marijuana, marijuana grow farms, um, you, you could not have Matt. Well, I mean, those did exist, but uh, it, it made it very difficult for massive warehouses uh, of these grow farms to exist because the, the power was a big thing. Police would always monitor and they would get tip-offs from the power companies when they see big power spikes in areas where they previously hadn't. And they would check it, you know, is this a factory or something like that? And it caused, you know, we had a lot of smaller grower operations and things like that. And they would even monitor that. So, like, if you had a house and you were using roughly $120 a month and electricity and all of a sudden it tripled, that would kind of get you popped up on there. Um, but I, I think it, you would see a lot of these mobile, smaller mining operations. And... As long as the economic incentives are present to mine, people will always find ways to do it. Uh, that all being said, uh, that would be predicated on you know all this stuff that I'm saying, be predicated on these big miners refusing to do so, which is iffy. And I almost doubt that they would. And I think many would. Com it, it's really difficult because it would go against the incentives of the network and kind of reduce the value of the network if they did comply with the orders. But you also have this massive investment. So what do you do? Uh, and, and most of the time, industry usually bows to to regulation. Um, 
and this kind of relates to an argument I had with some people in the PSV community recently in regards to they were arguing about uh, their app Twitch, uh, you know, this idea of immutable Twitter. Um, and then they were, you know, crapping on Gab as being, you know, a haven full of racists because they don't they don't do anything, um, any kind of moderation at all. Uh, and the uh, the concept of illegal images being posted in applications like that. And some of you are arguing that the miners would just comply with court orders to remove content or images selectively, right? And I don't say that it's impossible, right? Especially on a smaller chain and especially on the chain where people are saying like, we welcome regulation and, you know, just do whatever you want. But one that would require a protocol change away from what Bitcoin is to do this selectively. And it would basically kind of destroy their meme of it being Bitcoin 0 0.10 as being all that Bitcoin ever needed. Uh, it also brings up the issue of if miners are then subservient to court orders, it really is the network decentralized since the ledger can be changed uh, at any time by the order of one centralized entity. Uh, to me, it kind of destroys that decentralization issue. And, 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 you know, why do we even need a decentralized network that uses a vast amount of energy to secure it against these sort of arbitrary changes from centralized entities? But, you know, no one knows how this will play out and, uh, legal precedents set over the next decade will probably dictate what societies are going to ride the wave of the future or fall behind, kind of clinging to these past ideas of what normalcy and, and what's necessary are. Um, and yeah, so that, that's it for this week's um, weekly wrap up. And I want to thank you for listening. Uh, please, if you can, go to iTunes, leave a review. Just go to my website at digitalcrypto.com. Click on the Apple uh, iTunes icon and leave a five-star re written review. It really helps out, and I really do appreciate it. Um, also, show some love to my sponsor, eToro. They offer the best place to buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin uh, with the largest trading community. They got low fees, high security. So head over to digitalcrypto.com slash eToro. That's digitalcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O. And when you do that, you'll get $50 when you sign up with them using that link. Um, subject to the term and conditions, like I said, you have to uh, have a, a minimum deposit as well. So go over to that link. And once again, I really appreciate you guys listening or watching if you're on YouTube right now. I appreciate that. So uh, feel free to reach out at any time on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, anywhere that you can find me. All the links to my social media are on my website as well. So DM me, write emails, whatever you want. And I look forward to talking with you and have a great day.